Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Lomb. Beautiful and healthy looking eyes? It shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts at Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. Support for this podcast is provided by TearCare, a product of Sight Sciences. TearCare is a device that applies heat to the eyelids where the current medical community recommends the application of a warm compress to the eyelids. Applications include meibomian gland dysfunction, MGD, dry eye, or blepharitis. Ocular surface disease. It's complex, chronic, and progressive, but rife with opportunity for the enterprising optometrist. The mission of this podcast is to make this condition more understandable and accessible to those interested and specializing in it. So let's get to the point. Welcome to another episode of the To The Point Podcast. My name is Jackie Garlick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Leslie O'Dell, and we are very happy to have a guest and friend with us. Please welcome to the podcast, Amy Gallant-Sullivan. I'm sure you've all heard of Amy, but she is the executive director and co-creator of the Tear Film and Ocular Surface Society. And she is also the founder of Eyes Are the Story, a Boston-based bio-beauty startup. She's made it her mission to educate women on the dangers of toxic beauty. And I'm not sure if I can credit this to you or not, Amy. I'm going to, and then you can tell me if it's wrong. But did you coin the term opto cosmetics is that you i've trademarked it around the world so i'm sure it might exist in other languages but it's definitely trademarked under our brand so i'll take welcome welcome amy we're so happy you're here Uh, thank you for having me it's wonderful to be here with both of you i wish we could all be around cups of coffee and you know give each other a big hug but for right now it's great great to be virtual (laughs) yeah and of course it's always fun to talk to you amy i I do wish that you were closer right now stateside but um i'll get little bits of you wherever i can um so i want you to first just kind of talk to us about TFOS, because obviously this is a big part of who you are. And for us in the dry eye space and those of us learning about dry eye, Tear Film and Ocular Surface Society is really the foundation that we use to teach our peers and to really dig in and learn, you know, as much as we can about dry eye. So I, I think really it'd be great to start off with just a little bit of the background of, of this amazing group with um, TFOS. So thank you for that introduction. And yes, TFOS has been around for almost 20 years. And it's a a global, I like to say it's a global community of eye care specialists. So we bring together optometrists and ophthalmologists and scientists and industry and also patients. And we focus on everything and anything that has to do with ocular surface disease. So it's really important because even though we've been around for almost 20 years and we've done a lot of workshops and published a lot of reports, had conferences, networking events around the world, dry eye disease, for example, is one of the the big subjects that a lot of of people know about um, TFOS, but it's also impressive to, to realize that a lot of eye care professionals around the world still don't realize that something called dry eye is actually a disease. So that's still a massive undertaking that we have to address. And also the fact that dry eye disease is part of the ocular surface disease umbrella. So it isn't all about dry eye, 
but a lot of what we talk about goes back to dry eye because it's almost easier to explain it in many cases. Um, so what's interesting is this trajectory that we've had in almost 20 years and more than 100 countries of eye care specialists who participate. It's phenomenal because we're learning so much from everyone. And we also realize that it's great to be able to translate all of the research and all of the learning that we're doing along the way and translate into sort of snackable bites. So not only can the scientists understand better what they can do to say, develop new therapeutics and diagnostics, but also how the clinicians can take the science and translate it into their clinical practice. And then in turn, how do the patients digest all of the information and realize how this information can impact their lifestyle? So I think that will kind of tie into the next question that Mm -hmm. Leslie might have about lifestyles and ocular surface disease. So Right. So we kind of go through the history with TFAS, right? With the um, dry eye workshop in 2007. And then, um, then I think was contact lens discomfort. I think we yeah. did. No, we did the international report on meibomian gland dysfunction. Okay. So and that- then we had the contact lens discomfort. Okay. And then the 10 year revamp with um, dry eye workshop part two, PFAS dues two. And so what's the latest and greatest, which is really an exciting um, new workshop that's underway. So the new workshop that we have literally just kicked off is entitled a lifestyle epidemic, ocular surface disease. What does that mean? This means that there are experts from around the world coming together who will be analyzing how our lifestyle choices are literally impacting our eye health. What we do on a daily basis can literally impact our eye health for both good and bad. And and Jackie, I, I, patients sometimes lately have been saying certain things about environment or, you know, anything that's lifestyle based. And I've kind of been saying, well, give me about a year and I'll have a lot more information (laughs) around, you know, maybe what relative humidity your eyes are happiest in, or it's really interesting to kind of see the build. And so I think, and I I don't know off the top of my head, all of the committees and and Amy will, but environment's a big one, digital, screen time is a a big one. I'm part of the cosmetic committee, um, which is really exciting to be part of um, with some fellow ODs here in the States. Tracy Dahl and Selena McGee are also a few of the members on that committee. Um, And then elective procedures. So things that, that we're doing electively from a beauty standpoint, that could exacerbate um, OSD, ocular surface disease or dry eye. And then Nutrition, I think, is another mm-hmm. subcommittee and a few I'm forgetting. Oh, there, there are a lot of them. I believe there are 10 different subcommittees. Yeah. Uh, so we have, again, nutrition. You have lifestyle in terms of, say, your environment. Where do you live? Uh, do you play sports? Are you stressed? Do you drink a lot of coffee? Uh, have you had certain aesthetic procedures? Do you use cosmetics? Do you use an iPhone? Do you sit on a laptop and look at a screen for 18 hours a day? So there are lots of different aspects of this workshop that will literally be analyzed, all science-based research. And it's also interesting because a lot of these lifestyle choices are pretty new in the scheme of things. So even say our digital lifestyle is very new. And over the last year during this pandemic, we've we've noticed a massive increase in screen time. So even that is something that we're realizing needs to be addressed because conditions that as you're very well aware that perhaps were more present in some generations are now 
omnipresent and pretty much everybody is impacted because of overuse of screen time. So we will be addressing a lot of different areas. And again, they're all science-based and it's a very, very intensive workshop and it will be extremely exciting to see what they come up with for recommendations. And is this like um, the, the people that you have on all of these subcommittees are people that have done research or um, can pull their research, you know, kind of all together and then come up with something like a dues to report basically, or? That's a really interesting question because we had hundreds of eye care professionals from around the world actually asked to participate. They applied to participate in this workshop. So it was a very daunting task to try to select those who were in fact selected to be a part of it. And most of the participants in the workshop are very highly cited, uh, say academics as well as clinicians. Um, so you have a lot of people who are published because it is very, very important to reference the peer review research out there but there's also a lot more information out there. So there may be some people that don't have as much of a repertoire of peer reviewed research, but they do have a very strong focus in a certain area. Or for example, uh, we have a dermatologist who's involved. So obviously they haven't published on ocular surface disease or say they really haven't put a, um, that much focus onto it in the past, but they are aware of how their practice could be impacting the ocular surface. So basically the people that were selected, it's, it's really phenomenal to, phenomenal to see their backgrounds and how they can influence and understand and really translate the research that has been published and come up with answers and recommendations. Uh, so that's people were selected based on their experience and their, their publications, but really overall, because it, again, it was very, very difficult to select the participants. So. That's exciting. I mean, I have all day long, I talk about patients and how much they stare at a computer screen. So just simply on this digital device use aspect, I talk about it all day long. And so um, it will be, when do you expect to have, you know, results or um, a report from the workshop? So we are aiming to share the findings in say September of next year. So the report should be published by the end of next year, but um, we're working fast and furiously to make this all happen. And also one interesting development is with this particular workshop, we even have a new subcommittee that will be analyzing all of the, the research and basically contribution, contributions of each subcommittee to make sure that all of their science and all of their views are accurate. So it's very, again, it's very intense and it could be, it's a lot of information. So <laughs> I think with TFOS dues too, um, one of the subcommittee, one of the subcommittees had about 1500 references or something like that. And, or it was 1500 pages for their report. You know, it's just either, or it was a massively daunting undertaking. And this one will definitely prove to be. Uh, I was just thinking that like, how many pages is this going to be? And can you make this a cheat sheet of some sort? They're so yeah. good at doing Jackie. So they call it an executive summary. Yeah. That's what we they do. actually get exactly. yeah. down to a two page, like one page, right? Double-sided, um, just to break it down. So it is nice, you know, for someone 
who is really dedicated to a dry eye specialty to have the entire document. But what they do a great job is two things. They do executive um, summary facing us, the doctor, and then they actually do a one facing the patient, which I think is also pretty cool. And those resources I think are all available um, to us now. From Everything is available previous, online from previous for free. Works. Yeah, tearfilm, tearfilm.org, is that yes, right? Exactly. So, so a great, online. a great yeah. resource, you know, especially for, for people um, who are, you know, to start with those executive summaries and then, and actually that they have an app, TPOS has an app for each, well, at least for, I know I have the app on my phone for, um, yeah, I have to see uh, if it's updated, TPOS but. Too, but you can like search a keyword and it like takes you to where you want to be, um, which is nice because then I, I don't need to be reading, you know, 400 pages. I can read, you know, a few pages of where that is exactly. the most important. And we've also broken down the subcommittees into videos. So uh, patients can also see what a certain procedure would be. So it's not as intimidating, for example. So it's easier for the clinician, the eye care professional to see what the recommended steps are for a certain diagnostic or therapeutic. But also it's good because a patient can go online and see what the eye care professional will be doing to them, quote unquote. Um, and so they, they're a little bit more educated there and then they can have, you know, answer some of their questions before an exam or following. So I met Amy because of TFAS. I actually, um, probably in 2014 or 15 was really wanting to, you know, really focus a lot on dry eye disease and trying to find people with like minds. And so um, I remember um, very distinctly flying to Florida for a TFAS networking dinner, didn't know um, Amy at all. Um, and, and it was a very nice place to be because, you know, big names in research were just talking to you like you were their, you know, old friend and colleague. Um, and it was, it was really neat to see just that networking of, of people. Um, but then we also decided that we wanted to have a little bit more fun in eye care, I think. And so for years, I had been hearing about cosmetics and how, you know, oh, if your patients have dry eye or ocular surface disease, you really should just tell them to avoid cosmetics, which as a female and a person that wears cosmetics didn't seem like the best answer. So we decided um, years ago to kind of start digging to into, uh, Amy had actually been doing some of that work ahead of me, but then we started really to um, dig into cosmetics and looking at ingredients and trying to understand that landscape. And um, she also coined the term dry eye diva, which is um, not just one person or a female in optometry. It's rather, um, it's a, a movement. It's, it's an education movement really yeah. to try to, you know, really, this is where the first time that I really even sat down and looked at like the FDA laws here in our country to see how, you know, different they are um, when compared to the European Union and things like that. So definitely a movement that continues to grow. We see that with more, um, more and more things coming into that cosmetic space, but, but it's exciting to see for sure. Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & 
Beautiful and healthy looking eyes? It shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts at Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. It was actually really fun, Leslie, to meet you firsthand because it was almost a baptism by fire bringing you to the TFOS networking night. Because as you said, it was easy for you to go in and speak to people as though you've known them for a long time and everybody was a friend. Again, TFOS is really a global community and we bring people together and that way to keep it comfortable and easy. It's, it's a lot easier to facilitate relationships and come up with great ideas and collaborate. And it was so it was so comfortable to get to know you as well. It was exciting to be able to say, hey, would you like to do something different? Because we could actually have fun with the education about how our lifestyle choices are impacting the ocular surface. And actually, Jackie, this is kind of funny because at the beginning of 2015, when Leslie and I were talking about this, I had some crazy weird eye rash. <laughs> I was sending Leslie pictures over my phone. I'm like, Leslie, I know you're thousands of miles away, but help me. What is this? What am I reacting to? We have to get to the bottom of this. And I'm terrified to put anything on my face. Oh my goodness. It was so bad. I was like walking around with a bag over my head <sighs> and everybody wanted to give me creams that now I would absolutely not use. So yeah, it, it's been a very interesting adventure. So, and it's really exciting to, to get Leslie involved. So Good. That's good. Yeah. I, um, I remember he, maybe this was on Instagram is where I first started seeing the dry ID because Leslie, was that your name at one point? Was that your no, name? I mean, that. Yes. She actually, oh. yeah, <laughs> she, she moved on to greener pastures and then let me take over that. Well, uh, Cause it's the acronym for dry eye disease, right? So let's make dry eye disease sexy because we know it's not, but let's have fun with it. So it's just, you know, how do you make something geeky, sexy? How do you make something that make, people think that they're old, ugly, and sick, sexy. How do you get people to pay attention? So let's have fun with it. So yeah, that, that was something I came up with as a joke and, but that's trademarked around the world as well too. Which kind of gets to the other, you know, fun, exciting part of Amy, which, uh, and why I ended up with the handle dry eye diva on my Twitter and uh, Instagram (laughs) is because, um, actually in the midst of the COVID pandemic, we, um, she was, slated to launch um, Eyes Are the Story, this cosmetic um, line through Essary um, Labs. And that was actually supposed to happen at Vision Expo in New York City. I'm sure you remember, Jackie. I do. And then strange as strange can be, just that the Javits Center was turned into a temporary hospital the exact same weekend we were supposed to be there for Vision Expo. So that was an interesting time for sure. I still haven't worn my dress for the party. I remember this, Amy, but we were sitting in PO square. Do you remember this? Yes. You came like to my office and you were like, oh, this launch. And I was like, I was only going to go to Expo for this launch. <laughs> because I, was my own, I wasn't even planning on going to Expo, but I was, was going to be so good. <laughs> yeah, no, I had people flying in from all over the world. It was going to be so good. And the party that we had planned to unveil this new thing, the opto cosmetics, this eye safe beauty. Wow. Um, mm. I don't think I've been back to New York since. So it's so odd. <laughs> but yes, we definitely need to have a launch party. It's, 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 it's been a year now. It's been a year since we've existed. Eyes are the story. So it's just, okay, this is phenomenal. Now we have a demand in over 40 countries for the products. It's completely fantastic. But we need to celebrate at some point somewhere. Well, since some people might still not know what those products are, why don't you just quickly take them through your line? 
So again, Eyes Are the Story is a line that I came up with because I realized working with TFOS for the last ooh, 19 plus years that there was a, a gaping need, an unmet need for eye safe skincare and beauty products. Hence, I call it the opto cosmetics because what we use on our face, around our eyes, near our eyes, whether it be smeared, spritzed, moisturized, washed, all of it, those fall under the cosmetics categories. And I realized that there was really a gaping hole in the market for eye safe products. So I created a line of the initial first generation products are actually what we would use in the morning before we go to the office and what we use at night before we go to bed, or basically those products, which we should integrate into our, say, our daily beauty routines that um, say complement instead of terrorize our sensitive eyes. So that's kind of how it started. Jackie, I know you've tried some of the products before I go into that. Yeah, well, so I I had two products. Well, one, I really like the mascara. That one is like, I like that one, uh, the mascara a lot. And I remember telling you this when when I was first trying it, I don't know, Amy, this tube is so small. Like, I don't know if I can get down with it, but now I'm like totally into it. So I do love the mascara, (laughs) but I was, I was wondering from, I mean, you, there's mascara, there's like wipes, there's serums, there's cleansers. What do you find is like the thing that um, people gravitate to the most, or is it the entire line? Are there products that seem to stand out more than others? Well, it's really interesting because I started with the mascara formulation because I noticed, especially with dry eye patients, one of the biggest issues was when they were putting on mascara, they'd either be picking it off during the day because it was annoying or it was irritating or burning or flaking. And I had so many people coming to me saying, what do you recommend? Number one or two, can you make it? And I said, well, why not? So the mascara was actually our initial formulation and we spent a lot of time on it. So the mascara is definitely our hero product and for a lot of people, but what's also very, very interesting is our skincare line. So of course we have the eye makeup and we'll be actually integrating more color products and different products soon. So the, the mascara and eyeliner are very, very well received, but it's interesting because our skincare line is very well respected and it's interesting because men also use it. So um, people with very sensitive skin or flaky skin, say flaky skin on their eyelids, the, the ingredients are very delicate. And what people haven't realized before is what we put on our, our face, on our skin may not be that great for our eyes. So these products are really good because they're very, very delicate for the skin and the eyes. I've also received feedback from um, patients safe that have other diseases, and we can address that at another time, but some more chronic and more severe case um, diseases who have extraordinarily sensitive skin and sensitive eyes. And they have contacted me and said, thank you so much because your products I don't react to and my skin is glowing now. Um, so we have some special ingredients in them that do really, again, complement the sensitive skin and sensitive eyes. So we've seen an uptick in that, but what's also interesting, several clinics have approached us for use of the, the lid wipes and the cleanser in particular, because they complement certain treatments that they're using, whether it be IPL treatments for cleaning the lids pre IPL treatment or cleaning the gel off the lids after the treatment. Um, and also the, the face wash, 
because it complements, say, lid scrubs really well. So we don't make medical claims with any of our products, but a lot of clinics are integrating the products into their dry eye protocols because, again, patients need to tweak their lifestyle, lifestyle choices a little bit. So it helps if they have the full array of products. So you have the products that are medical grade, prescription-based, and then you have our lifestyle products. So it's, it's interesting. Our first generation is really great because it helps with the education, but it really addresses several different lifestyle issues for those with sensitive eyes and sensitive skin. Do you, did you, you sort of alluded to it. Are there more products that are coming? Yes, Tell us absolutely. <laughs> so we have, well, with our first generation of products, we want to keep it really, really simple because again, it's part of the education about prevention and preservation of eye health. So we didn't want a whole array of colors or products because we wanted to keep the conversation simple to integrate that into people's conversation. So we do have, say, the, the dark brown mascara and eyeliner coming out. So that's one, those are two things that people have been asking for because not everybody used to wearing black eyeliner or mascara. We definitely have eyeshadow coming out. And I know Leslie has tried our eyeshadow. Oh, and our eyeliner and mascara. Yeah, she's tried all of our products, actually. Um, we have some other really fun things in the pipeline that we can discuss later. But we can say some more shades of mascara and eyeliner and some eyeshadow and then some, some other fun products. That's exciting. The eyeshadow is like the thing that I feel like that's really missing, like from the lines. So that's great. And it's a, it's a very different, it's something very, very different too. So we wouldn't expect much less from you. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what's your expected timeline on that? Hopefully very, very soon. So let's <laughs> let everyone get off the beach and then we can start talking about back to school products. So yeah, um, it's, uh, everything takes a little bit more time considering the, the way the world works during a pandemic. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. And also because we collaborate with laboratories in the U S Canada and Italy, that takes a lot of time as well, because it's not as though I just walk out the street and just chat with the folks in the laboratory. No, we have three different laboratories in three different countries and two different continents. Huh? So it, yeah, nothing's ever a small project. Okay. All part of the story. Yeah. I would actually like to thank both of you and thank all of your colleagues for your support for this venture. I mean, for TFOS, of course, but Eyes of the Story, it's been really incredible because during this pandemic, it's not been easy, one, to launch a company, two, to get the new concept about a new brand out there and launch when all the clinics were closed on top of it. So you have all been so incredible and so supportive. And I really, I really appreciate the team and the community and everyone's feedback. The feedback has has been absolutely phenomenal. The uptake has been absolutely phenomenal. And I really look forward to seeing what we can do together moving forward because there's so much more to the story. There's so much more needed and it's, it's really exciting to see what we can do, but it's even more exciting to see what we can do together. So thank you. And now for the To The Point wrap up. The Tear Film and Ocular Surface Society has been around since 2001. Amy Gallant Sullivan, its executive director, has been a big part of organizing the multitude of research and workshops that have come out of the organization. With the TFAS Dry Eye Workshop in 2007, the Mybomian Gland Dysfunction Workshop, the Contact Lens Discomfort Workshop, the Dry Eye Workshop Part 2 from 2017, and now 
TFAS, not surprisingly, is offering up a lifestyles workshop to really help better understand all of the modifiable factors that go into exacerbating dry eye for our patients. Things like nutrition, cosmetics, these will all be very important in how we manage our patients long-term. Along those lines, Amy Gallant-Sullivan is one of the first to launch an opto-cosmetic that is called Eyes Are the Story. And this brings a great line of products to patients who suffer from dry eye disease or just are conscientious and want to provide the very best in comfort and quality to their precious eyes.